what I see happening more is more digital content, more resources being produced from the trade show that are going to allow it to live months beyond and then months leading up to the next one. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Jake Hall, better known as the Manufacturing Millennial, has a passion for manufacturing, automation, and skilled trades, and has grown a following of 40,000 industry members with over 25 million views on his content. Through keynote presentations, panels, and videos, Jake ignites conversations about the latest in manufacturing and automation to excite the current and future workforce and enable companies to leverage technology to drive new opportunities. Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Joe. Appreciate you having me again. Yeah, for sure. I was looking back at our um, uh, at my list of guests, and you were episode number twenty. It was about a year and a half ago, and I remember it's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has. I mean, I've talked to you. I feel like a number of times since, at least uh, you know, digitally, and we've chatted on the phone a few times. I know, but um, yeah, that was already a year and a half ago, which is nuts. And I remember I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to bring this up because I remember you telling me this is your first podcast when you did that a year and a half ago. And you've, you've probably been on about, you know, a hundred since I bet, because I see you everywhere online. Uh, but I'm going to take pride in saying that I was the first one to put the manufacturing millennial on a podcast. There you go. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize it's been that long already. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, in, in just 18 months, how much can change is pretty crazy, isn't it? Oh, man. So yeah. So anyway, that was episode 20. This is number 102. So it's good to have you back. Oh, man. I'm, I'm excited. A lot, you know, a lot hasn't changed, but a lot has changed in this past 18 months. Yeah, it's yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And then we're going to talk about some of that here shortly. So Jake, I was, you know, I wanted to get you back on here at some point. And I was just thinking, you know, a few weeks ago, um, cause I, I see you talk about so much online. You're such a, an amazing, um, advocate for manufacturing and skilled trades. And, um, you have a lot of visibility, a lot of followers. One thing I, I see you doing is, and I, I see this with you. I see this with guys like Chris Lukey, who I know you're a good buddy of and Aaron Prather from FedEx. And I see you guys out there like on the trade show circuit constantly. And you're, you know, you're at all these events, you're traveling, and then I, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about, hey, you know, trade shows are 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 dying. Like there, you know, there are so much better ways to spend your money. And frankly, in a lot of those cases, I agree that there are a lot of ways because I see the way companies waste money. Yeah. But I don't think it's as black and white as trade shows are good or trade shows are bad. I just think that it's interesting to watch some of you guys and what you're doing in such an innovative way, and in particularly with kind of robotics and automation shows. So I wanted to just kind of open it up to you up front here and, and just hear from you. Like, tell me why these live events in person, the trade shows, other you know, manufacturing summits or events are, have been so valuable to you. Yeah. I mean, when you look when you look at this this uh, this transformation of the past like three years for 29 things, Things were very good. The manufacturing industry was a rise. 
spring of 2020, COVID hit, everything got shut down. We saw a lot of stuff then go to virtual content and virtual events and virtual trade shows. And then, you know, we're once again coming out of this pandemic and we're seeing a lot of in-person events again. And I think there's a value for each one in each area. Digital content and digital reach is one of those things where it's going to continue to grow. It's never going to go away. But I think there's a lot of confusion on our in-person trade show is going to be valuable in the future. And my argument is absolutely yes. What we're going to be seeing in terms of, of a transition, why I view trade shows as, as extremely valuable is a, really a few things. One is the networking. Being able to go to a lot of these events, talk to a lot of people in person, be able to understand what problems companies are having. And, and I think it's one of those things where a lot of a lot of discussion within the company itself happens around the water cooler. Like we talked about, you know, a lot of those small things that we all learned from that we were missing when we all transferred to teams and working from home for a bit was all these micro conversations. And I think what we're seeing in these trade shows, a lot of these micro conversations that are still happening about what's happening in the industry, who is partnering with who, how can we work with this company to bring a solution? Those types of conversations don't happen over an email. And, and a lot of times they don't even happen over the phone. They happen in person because it's much more of a casual event. So, so networking is, is one reason why I think in-person trade shows and conferences are going to be around for pretty much ever. Um, the other event is, the other reason is Technology. When we're going from a manufacturer's perspective, when we're going out there, we want to see the newest technology that's going to be put into our, our, our manufacturing floor or our plant or our warehouse or distribution center. We can see a rough idea of what technology is available through video and online, but unless you're seeing that in person and talking to a subject matter expert, you're never going to get that same amount of value and understanding of what is, is changing in the industry unless you're there in person. And I think this is the biggest thing where from an exhibitor perspective or for a company perspective that wants to know, is a trade show right for me? I think you got to do a couple of things. What is, what is your goal as a takeaway? Is it to drive brand awareness for your company? Are you a new company and a lot of people don't know you? Well, for uh, an investment of a certain amount of dollars, you can get a lot of people walking through your trade show or through your booth very quickly to see your product. But then you got to ask, how are you going to draw attention to your booth? If you're just setting up a three and a half by eight foot table on your floor and you just have a bunch of parts laid out or a product laid out or a, a slide with a presentation and you're just sitting in the couple chairs in back, you're not engaging with your audience or you're not drawing them into your booth. So that's a big thing where, you know, you and I've been to a lot of trade shows and I'm still seeing trade shows. Every fifth booth I walk by, there's two people with their hands, their head down with a phone in their hands, looking down, sitting in a chair. And like, why are you here then? People aren't going to walk up to you and engage with you if you're not being engageable. And that, that's just the biggest thing for me. So from a company perspective, trade shows are great, but you have to invest them in a way that you're going to pull value out of it. What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So I, I think that's just the big thing for, for me from trade shows is getting that audience engagement. But as well from what I think a trade show creates a lot of value is it creates a lot of content beyond the trade show. You have then a reason to talk and reach out to your audience leading up to the event, but then you also have the ability to create a lot of content at the trade show with your booth, with customers, and be able to then take those, turn into a case study, get some 
on-site interviews of customers that you're working with and create future content that, that can be shared digitally. Great stuff there. So that I think that's a really good lead into some of the things that I see on LinkedIn with, say, you and Chris Lukey. You've got these branded tables set up, right? Where you've got Manufacturing Millennial and you've got Manufacturing Happy Hour, which is Chris's show. Tell us what you're doing, because I think you guys are innovating in ways and thinking differently about how to use this venue when your whole audience, or at least a large percentage of them, are right there in person to not just be sitting back waiting for people to walk by and in such a passive way, you're sort of like creating value. T- tell us a little bit about what you guys have been doing. Yeah, it's it's the idea of bringing digital content to an in-person trade show. So Chris has the Manufacturing Happy Hour podcast. I do a lot of Let's Talk Manufacturing, which is LinkedIn live conversations. But what we're doing is we're, we're valuing the audience that's there, and we're able to bring out these micro pieces of conversation and content to bring people in. And you, 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 when you go to these conferences, there are so many subject matter experts in their own industries and their own specialties walking by. If you could just harness a conversation for five to 10 minutes with this person, ask, what are they doing in the industry? Where are they seeing the industry going? What problems are they addressing with their solutions? And you could say, hey, sit down with me for a quick 10-minute conversation with you. We'll share what you're doing online to our audience. It's a win for everybody. Chris and I are able to get a ton of valuable conversations and insight from industry experts. But then we can say, hey, while you're here at an in-person event, we're going to make digital content for you to be shared. And I think this is one of those things where more companies and events we're even seeing I'm happening. So at the upcoming show in June, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, there's a massive automation show called Automate in Detroit in June this year. Chris and I have lined up where we're going to be doing 40 different interviews live that are going to be streamed live and then also be available for uh, for download later of all these different manufacturers in the industry. So once again, we're taking in-person value and creating digital content from it for future and current um, listeners. Yeah, that's so smart. And it's it's reminds me a lot of a lot of the things that I love about the podcasting medium. Um, I did an episode on this recently for our episode 100 of, of my show and kind of looking back on what the impact has been. But a lot of the things that I think apply here when you're doing what you're doing is A, you're you're meeting new people. You're you're talking to um, people that, you know, some of them, you know, some of them may know you, but you're, you're building new relationships there. You're creating some credibility for yourself and your company and your personal brand by doing this. It's amazing market research. I mean, think of probably what you learn by just talking to so many people, right. And like getting different perspectives, it just makes you smarter. It makes you able to talk to your audience better. So I think it's really smart. And then, you know, what you talked about, like, all this con- 40 interviews, like the amount of content you guys will then be able to publish and the snowball effect of all that after the live event. Like that's what's really interesting to me is because now you're scaling this thing that happens over a few days and you're able to make it live on. Yes. Whereas I think the mindset traditionally for a lot of companies is in a trade show, it's like, all right, all our eggs in this basket, like we better, we better go there and be ready to, you know shake hands and scan badges and come back with business cards so we can you know start calling people and if the mindset was how do i build relationships how do i create some content that can turn this into something bigger than a two or three day event like i think that's where your head needs to be yeah you know and i i look at this too joe you know with with the just the, the money investment at a trade show at a minimum you're spending 10 20 30000 
going to some of these trade shows. You have a great backdrop. You have a lot of company content, a lot of designs. Why are you then not creating and shooting video in your booth, talking about your brands and your solutions and your content? You know, if you, you literally set up a studio for you to film in that people are going to be walking by, use that booth as a studio to create content. So it's not even like people like you, Joe, or me, or or Chris who have podcasts and, and live conversations. It could be for the company itself. You know, leverage your own marketing team to talk about your event and create content. You know, another thing real quick, I didn't mention this much before. I did a study, went to a show in Chicago fall of last year. And there was about 180 to 190 manufacturers or companies exhibiting at the show in Chicago. 45% of them didn't even make a social media post leading up to the show that they were going to be at this show. So talk about an incredible miss for the audience that is currently following or engaging you on social media to let them know that you're even going to be at this show. They could have been at that show and they might not have walked the whole entire show because it's a big show to walk. But if they knew that they are familiar with the company that they're following already is going to be there, they would have probably made a larger effort to go and visit you or to spend a little bit more time seeing what's happening at your event or your show than if they never knew you existed. That That's what blows my mind is it's not in-person versus digital. It's in-person and digital. And if you're as a marketing team or you as an executive listening to this and you have upcoming trade shows, you need to be talking about your event before, during, and after to create the largest value out of it. Because all of a sudden, if let, let's put a, let's put a couple of numbers out there, Joe. Let's say you put twenty thousand dollars for four days at a trade show. It's five thousand dollars a day. That's what you create value for. But then all of a sudden, if you're creating five or six posts leading up to it and you created four or five videos at the event that you could post later, well, how much more content and value did you get for that $20,000 than just those four days? How many more marketing qualified leads can you get from posting your content that you filmed at that show on social media where you can keep getting a return on your investment for the time and money you put into that trade show six months later? Yeah, I think that's all really good. I mean, here, here's a little mini playbook for you. I'm just kind of thinking as you're talking here, Jake. But you know, let's say the the automation trade show you're going to in, in Detroit coming up here, right? Like, if you're somebody who is exhibiting at this show, you could probably find a videographer in the city of Detroit for two, three thousand dollars for the day to come with you to the show. They could, you could come in, you could have them film. If you've got a really interesting product, you know, I I don't know a robotic arm doing something or whatever it is, right? Like if you have something that's legitimately interesting to look at, you've got it set up, your booth probably looks great. How about if you have somebody film you right next to it, talking about the same sort of things you'd be talking about to somebody who walked by your booth, you know, explain the value, point out some interesting features. And in addition to that, so so now you leave the show with, you know, hours worth of video content you could clip out and then think about the next show that comes up a few months down the road. Now you have 10 videos to promote and say, hey, we're going to have the same stuff here. Exactly. And you spit out one of those every day for the you know few weeks leading up to the show on LinkedIn. You have your people share it and say, come see this in person. This is what it looks like. We want to show you this in person. We're going to be there. 
it's a more compelling message than just saying, Hey, we're going to be at booth 56 next week, which is good too. Like, yeah, let people know you're there, but there are ways to do this where, like you said, you're sort of merging the digital and the physical and creating value all in both places. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think it's one of those things that we never really appreciated digital content until the pandemic happened. I mean, that's that's how I started my thing on, on social media is once the pandemic kicked off and I was working in outside sales at the time, I said, I need a, a way to reach my audience because I can't see them in person anymore. Well, now all of a sudden I can get 350,000 views of my content in seven days, you know, through, through my growth now. Um, I have 40,000 people visiting my profile every week. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's insane numbers out there. So what, what you can do is you can leverage that content to build your social audience. Mm-hmm. And then with your social audience, you can have more people come to your trade show. And it's just, it's this revolving door of being able to connect to people the other 360 days of the year when you're not seeing them at a trade show. Yeah, absolutely. And man, the power of that. Because you think, I mean, how much of your audience is going to be at any given trade show? You know, hopefully a decent amount, but they're busy events. There's a lot going on. You might get a few minutes with with a lot of these people at best. And here's the other thing. When people post stuff, when I see people post stuff digitally, like on LinkedIn, it's usually a check out this this thing we did or this event we're going to be at. It comes from the company profile. It probably gets 10 likes. And it probably got you know a thousand impressions at best, but if you're building a following through the individuals on your team, yes. I mean, think of the power of your personal brand, Jake, for for you, but also for your company. Like you, it's it's a major asset to have the attention of the people you're trying to reach. It's not that much different than any other form of medium. Like you know, you think about in with consumer products, like. Think about buying a Super Bowl ad, right? For if you're a consumer product, like you have a those the reason they're so expensive is because you have a massive audience. Well, you can build that or you know, organically, you can also, you know, pay for that to some extent, but people are missing that. Like if you're gonna post something and say, come check out our trade show booth. And and you know, five hundred or thousand people are going to see that LinkedIn post. It's not going to have that much effect for you. But when you are constantly spitting out in interesting videos uh, and images and interviews with experts and building your brand that way, you're building this audience. And then when you have something to promote or an event to draw people to, you've got you know fifty x as many people who are looking at it from the right audience, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, you hit on that, and and we could have a full conversation about personal branding and the value it is to create your company, to have your employees become their own personal brands. But just to, to, to hit on it a little bit, encourage your employees to talk and engage with this, and give them the flexibility to connect and spend time networking on LinkedIn. I am still the firm believer that people buy from people. People don't buy from companies. And if you can build an audience that's engaging other people or you're engaging or partnering with other people or or companies who are attending those trade shows, I think that's huge. I think one of the best marketing strategies that's out there is by a company called Universal Robots. They're a big collaborative robotic manufacturer in this space. Probably a lot of people are familiar with them. But they made a post on LinkedIn last week where they were highlighting their booth at the show, at Automate Show. They were highlighting the 37 other booths 
that have one of their robots at their show saying, go visit this company, go visit that company, go visit that company. You literally just took your reach from one company to 37. And, and that view, that, that same could be viewed from your employee perspective. Instead of your one LinkedIn page, now it's your employees' professional LinkedIn pages. And you can't force them to post. It is their, prof- there is their own personal profile, so you need to realize that. But a lot of people, especially your sales and marketing teams or your executive teams, they want that engagement. And they want to have those connections. And it's not even just them. It's your partners. Who are you working with that brought this solution to you that you're sharing? If you're a systems integrator, who are the other robot companies, the PLC companies, the vision companies that are giving you products to build your solution off of? Who are the partners that you're working with? And and, and leverage their social media pages as well. I think it's one of those things where people miss a lot of opportunity on the, on how easy it is from a digital media perspective to have another company promote your content. And it's it's absolutely mad. It's like, for example, I'll make a post highlighting a manufacturing video. ABB or KUKA will get a hold of that video with their audience, share it and promote it, and boom, my video will get an extra 50,000 views because KUKA, who has... 450,000 followers on LinkedIn shared it. That's one of those things is is, is leveraged that way. And and going back to the in-person trade shows, how are you working with your partners to promote your booth in your own trade show? If you're a a systems integrator, solutions provider, and you're, you're using all these other different software solutions or product solutions, are you working with their team to have them say, hey, go check out your company and booth ABC or one, two, three? that you're at the event. And that's just the whole entire area. It's it's not just while you're at the show. It's before, it's during, it's after. Great point. Yeah. You and I both know Eddie Saunders, you know, Flex Machine Tools, and he talks about the buddy branding system. And yeah. how do you, you know, work with companies who have something, uh, have a common audience, you complement each other, and you can, one of you can bring value in one way, the other in another way, you leverage each other, you cross-pollinate audiences. So I think that's a, a, a great point and a missed opportunity by many. I think people just kind of get scared to, you know, think out of the box a little bit and do something different. So, yeah. I love that. Did Eddie come up with that term, buddy brand? I, th- I think it's his. Yeah, I think that's oh, his. Oh man, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's yeah. a great term. Yeah, it is. It's great. I, we had a really good conversation about, about that. So, um. So let's, all right. So we've talked a lot about the dig, you know, how do you digitize elements and fuse it with what you're, what's going on physically? I want to get back to the physical for a moment here. Um, tell me, you know, pre pandemic uh, versus now, we're recording this in May of 2022. Um, what sort of things are you seeing companies doing a little bit differently? to maybe be a little smarter with their budgets or, you know, are there, have you seen, you know, I know you've walked the halls of a lot of shows, like what are some of the more interesting things or innovative things you've seen happening at trade shows, you know, just in, in maybe the last year or even few months? So, so more from a marketing perspective and not necessarily from a technology, like what they're showcasing technology. Yeah, exactly. Like what are, how are people using the physical venue differently? And, um, so that it's not just like you said earlier, a couple of guys staring at their phones, sitting in the booth, waiting for people to come by. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's nothing necessarily new. I just think it's the people who are engaging, get the most attention. I mean, there was one booth that had a, a putting green at their booth. 
And people will go in there and say, hey, you golfer, come in there and try and put a hole in one. We'll give you a, you know, gift card that you can make it or something like that. You know, that type of engagement gets the conversation going in a lot of ways. The other area I, I think I see a lot of is less like physical, just pamphlets everywhere, but more along the lines of maybe a uh, some video that's highlighting a lot of different applications. We What people need to realize is there, there, there's multiple audiences who are, are attending a trade show related to your brand. There's the audience who's already familiar with your brand and, and what you do as a solution. And then there's the company, there's the, there's the people out there who have no idea what your company is doing. And, and I think from, from, a, from a perspective, you need to ask, do we want to attract the brand new people or do we want to have conversations with the people who are already familiar with us? And I think that's how you need to build out your your mark, your 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 booth and your your content in a way. For me, I always view trade shows as a way. How do you get a lot of people who might not be familiar with who you are as a company into your booth? So you need to have a simple story. If you're out there and you're trying to get really deep into a lot of products with all of the details of of how your solution works. That's too complex in my area. You need to simply go out there and show how you're solving a problem. One of the booths that I had, what I saw, I can't remember exactly what it was, Joe, but I walked, I walked by there and I think it said, do you have downtime? Talk to us. And that was it, you know, and, and, and the, and the topic was general enough where it's going to, it's going to bring in a wide, a wide audience, but then it forces the person, you know what? I do have downtime. Let me talk to them to see what they can do. To help us. So the simplicity of a booth a lot of times creates a broad aspect where people are then going to engage in, engage in you. Now, you can't keep it so simple so no one has any idea what you do, but you need to find something that's simple and relatable enough where you're going to pull in a large enough audience. No, that's great. I mean, that's simple stuff too. Like, you know, these are things that anybody can do if you're just thinking about uh, what's the message that's going to be received? How can we just stop people? Um, and engage them, be human. I mean, you said it earlier, people want to buy from people, which is very true. It's that's not going away. And I think that's one of those misconceptions about social media too, is I hear that sometimes like, oh, we don't need to do this. People want to meet, meet in person and they, yeah. you know, they, they don't buy from, you know, through social media. Well, of course they, they don't buy through social media, but you can, you know, whether it's there or in person, it's a matter of starting conversations with real people and, you know, humanizing the brand a bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the same thing as well. When we look at, you know, I think there is that rule in PowerPoint, don't let any of your text be larger than like 30 point font, because it's hard for people to read. It's the same thing with your trade show, um, your, your, your trade show booth. You don't need a bunch of words to attract people in. Use imagery, use video as a way to drive people and have a physical product there that's engaging to bring people into those conversations. People aren't attracted to, at least from my perspective, a person is like, oh, it's a 500 word essay on a bulletin board. Let me read that. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you need to understand where you, you drive the most engagement from. Good stuff. Jake, how do you see the trade show landscape continuing to evolve in the years ahead? You've, you know, you've been a, a long time you know, attendee of various shows. You've kind of seen, you know, the transition to pre-pandemic, post-pandemic here, hopefully if we're post-pandemic by now, but um, tell me, you know, kind of how you th see things evolving, if at all. You know, I, I see, I see trade shows becoming more digital. 
while in person still. So like I said, what we're rolling out at the Automate event in, in Detroit this year, where we're having a, almost imagine a ESPN game day live booth, where we're having the actions happening at the show, but we want to bring that show to the people who are, who are not there at the game. Um, so what companies or what event organizations and trade shows can do is from a whole perspective, what are you doing to make sure that your trade show creates the most of value for its attendees and its exhibitors? And a lot of times that's beyond just the four days that are there. So what I see happening more is more digital content, more resources being produced from the trade show that are going to allow it to live months beyond and then months leading up to the next one. I think that's great. I, I really like that. It just you, you can extend this two or three day event. There are a lot of ways to do it. If you go in and just think about uh, what that strategy is going to be, and can you film stuff? Can you interview people? Can you know, what content can you make from this that can be an asset into the future? So it's not just about badge scans and business cards you collect, right? Jake, you are um, as we wrap up here. You're you're a major advocate for manufacturing, for the future of the manufacturing workforce. I see you garnering a lot of attention from the sector and promoting promoting manufacturing in general. What has you most excited about the future of manufacturing? When manufacturing evolves from a very physical labor task to what I would call a STEM industry, a science, technology, engineering, and math industry. Right now, when you look at Gen Zs, which I think is anyone under the age of 22 right now, a survey went out and said, where do, where's the most attraction for these future, for, for these future workers? 35% of them said STEM as a career choice. 3.5% said manufacturing. Those are alarming numbers when you look at only 3.5% of current Gen Zs want to pursue manufacturing as a career. How do we take that STEM category, which is 35%, and make that manufacturing? And we do that by adapting new technologies, new automation, new solutions that are going to enable a digital worker into the manufacturing force. And that's everything from robotics to software to device wearables to the interconnected operator leveraging their phones and, and devices. That's how we're going to take and, and leveraging AI to make robotics more flexible with, within solutions. If we can take that STEM category and turn that and make manufacturing a part of that, that's what the future of our industry, that's what I'm most excited about seeing. Yeah, you know, it's the interesting thing and probably the positive thing is that STEM is right there in manufacturing in, in the direction it's going. People just don't know it. And yeah. I think it's the it's how do we change that perception and help, you know, Gen Z help their parents, right? And understand what's even possible. Because I think it's, I've heard this from a lot of people, but it's sort of the view on manufacturing is not really in line with where it actually is today and where it's going. So I like that. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Jake, is there anything you want to add to this conversation that I did not ask you about? No, I think, I think that's a great summary. You know, I, I guess the one other thing, you know, this is, this is the executive manufacturing executive podcast. I always, you know, what, what my, my only, my final spiel that I always give is engage locally with your community. If you're a manufacturer and you're having a hard time finding labor, having a hard time finding jobs of, of people to come and work for you, you're, you're, 
local community is a great place to start. And if you're not engaged with your local high school, your local community colleges, your local universities, your state's manufacturing executive partnership you know, branch, those are all organizations that I encourage you to start looking into and being a part of. You're, you're going to find so much reward from engaging in those education centers. Your company is going to have a lot more agility and robustness in the future. Great advice, Jake. Well, I really appreciate you doing this. Can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and learn more about what the manufacturing millennial is doing out there? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on all social medias from uh, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, my main place is LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jake Hall, or you can go to my website, uh, themanufacturingmillennial.com. Awesome, Jake. Well, thanks for doing this again. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Joe. It was a pleasure being on. You bet. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com slash learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.